0: week in marble!
1: Marble! na 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 This week in marble! Marble! Na-na-na-na-na-na-na! Marvel,
2: Marvel, yeah! Hello! is welcome to this week in Marvel, episode number three hundred and twenty-six. I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Agent
3: M, joined by assistant editor Tucker Marcus, aka a real estate agent. Nope. No, uh, Are anyway, you? no, I'm not. I'm joined by
0: assistant manager of social media Alex Lopez.
3: Yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> I want to
3: see you as a real estate agent. Oh. Really? Yeah. I, okay. I mean, that is a condemnation of my
0: work here every day at the office. Yeah. I would <laughs> love to see it. I would not buy a house from you. No. <laughs>
2: this is true. Uh, if you're just joining us in this week at Marvel, we're going to talk about some of our favorite books this week. We're going to talk about all the news, hitting all the different parts of Marvel this week. We've got a fun interview. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. We also have another show called The Pull List, which came out a couple days ago. That'll give you the lowdown on all the new comic books out this week, tell you what's happening in each of them and why we got excited for them, not just the four that we dig into on this episode. Uh, if you want to send us any questions or comments or anything like that, you can use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel, or you can email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com.
0: Uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm Agent M. I'm at Tucker Marcus with a K. Oh, I'm Alex Lopez <laughs> underscore at the end, and the O is a zero. And this I'm gets at, funnier yeah. every time. And I'm looking at Ryan because he I, hates this. I'm surprised...
2: <laughs> my glares have not made you change this. <laughs> it's sticking. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago we got a little pizza butt action. <laughs> I was trying so hard to make you spit that water up. Tweet the phrase wasted cheese and hashtag this week of Marvel to me, Agent M. Before February 2nd, maybe something cool happened for you. Uh, doesn't apply if I gave you something in the last few weeks, which was a lot of you. There was someone I sent them maybe a code for a Daredevil comic that I just mm-hmm. had to happened to have and they were like, Daredevil was just added to my poll list. So that's more comics sold for Mr. Charles Sewell and company, all because of a hashtag Pizza, pizza butt. Wow! This time, it's going to be Wasted Cheese. Uh, I pizza- don't know what's
3: worse, Pizza Butt or Wasted Cheese. Well, Pizza Butt is just kind of like an abomination, and Wasted Cheese is just like, it's, it's more of like a nightmare. Like, yeah. I, no one should ever waste Wait. cheese.
2: <laughs> Fair. Uh, this week is the Publishing Creative Retreat which uh, I'm going to be sitting in. We're actually we're recording this on Monday of the week because the next three days I am all day in the creative retreat listening to the future of publishing, so I'm excited. Maybe there's a little something we're going to put together to share with fans this week on Marvel... YouTube or social media. We'll see. Ooh. Stay tuned for that. But we will be getting some of the creators who are in-house for this week in Marvel. We're gonna have some interviews. It's <laughs> gonna be a lot of fun. Some creators, maybe a fan favorite of young Tucker Marcus's. Oh
3: yes. This this reminds me on last week's episode of the poll list, I did like a really quick, short shout-out. I said, Donnie Cates, give me a call. It was a joke. And then after the poll list was released, I got a phone call at my desk. And who is it but Donnie Cates? He just said In his wonderful Texas accent, he said, Hey, man, this is Donnie. I heard the podcast, and this is me giving you a call. And that was it, and it made my week. What a guy.
2: He is. Thank you, Donnie. For this episode, we have Avengers No Surrender co-writer Jim Zub on the show. So stay tuned for that. I'll give you a little bit more info later on. Uh, And congrats to the football teams for winning football. I'm sad that the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't win because, again, The Good
0: Place has made me a fan of someone named Jake Jordles. Is that a person? Oh Alex is the authority. So so I didn't know if this was a joke from The Good Place or not, but now that I know it's serious, no, it's not Jake Jordles. (laughs) It's Blake Bortles.
2: But Jake Jordles is a thing in the good place that is related to You have to watch (laughs) the show. That's why I was like,
0: I didn't I read this note and I was like, I don't know if he's making a joke or not, because I don't watch the good place. But that's not his name. (laughs) Congratulations to other football teams. I don't care.
2: Uh, I was really only invested in the Jaguars. Jake
0: Jordles sounds like just like cannon
3: fodder for a comics, like he should just he should just get blown up by like Thanos in a new issue,
2: <laughs> or or Jake Jordles could have been like the mechanic in the Avengers mansion, like back in the day. Oh, Jake, you gotta fix the Avengers mobile because it's the axle's no good. He's like Jordles on it,
0: <laughs> Jordles on it. Yeah. I like that better. <laughs> yeah. That's right.
2: All right, so. First up, we're going to dive into our favorite comics that came out this week. First up is Black Panther, number 169. This is one of my picks. It is written by Tanahasi Coates. It has art by Leonard Kirk and colors by Laura Martin. I probably said a lot, maybe too much about this, on the polis list because I got really excited. This issue is so friggin' good. There's two kind of love threads going on here. I don't want to call them love stories because then Tucker gets this look on his face like, oh, what are you talking about? (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Uh, One of them is sort of the love that a, a sibling has for another sibling, a brother and sister. Claw doesn't have his sister. He's trying to figure out a way to bring her back, so to speak. So you have this story of that kind of love and what Claw will do to Get it back. And he he's aligned himself with Stain and with these different forces from Wakanda. And basically he's just he's a villain doing villainous things. And then you've got the love between IO and Anika, which has been so good over the last, I don't know, almost two years mm-hmm. uh, since Tanahasi's yeah. started on Black Panther. And you've got Anika battling through. Crazy odds. She's got like this metal cage around yeah. her head. She's shackled. They're just gonna beat the crap out of her and mm-hmm. torture her at the same time. Io, the woman she loves, is being used to help with Claw's crazy device. It's it's just it's awful stuff. But their love is what drives the two of them to keep going. And Claw, his powers are all these supersonic things. He's basically a being made of living sound. Yep. Um, Claw is just really trying to amp up his sonic energy to give life to his sister's holographic form. What happens is he goes so loud and so big that most of the issue is silent. Yeah, it's
0: beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. It's like it tells a whole story without saying anything.
2: Yeah, I read it as a, a PDF earlier before the issues dropped. So I got concerned. I was like, wait. This seems like the story just Missing the text But is it, right. is it missing the text right. in this PDF And you know within a page I was like yes This is the way it should be Because it everything that you're reading Follows along It's in a mark of great storytelling That the art tells you everything you need You don't feel like you're missing out Because people are talking One of the cool things is There are still the word balloons mm-hmm. But they're blank mm-hmm. And that people are communicating They just they can't hear They can't understand each other It's this cool sequence It goes on probably I don't know 10, 15 pages of yeah, the book, the something like of the that. Book, yeah. Majority of the book, it's it's really great. But with this, it allows Anika to do what she needs to do, and, and it's just this fantastic build of tension as she fights to get to Io. This run of Black Panther has been phenomenal, and I think this is my favorite issue so far. Ooh. So mm.
0: good. All right, up next, my first pick: Inhumans Judgment Day. Dun 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 dun. You guys get it. You guys get it? Is that like The Terminator? There we go. So <laughs> in, I love this book. It's by Al Ewing. Uh, and the art in here is just freaking fantastic. It builds everything so well. So I didn't get to finish Royals, which I told Ryan earlier. I'm just going to be honest. <sighs>
2: the tasty juice. Yeah. It's awesome.
0: So then we have these beautiful splash pages, which they actually recap. They recap the recap and the Royals, though. Recap? Recap. Recap. <laughs> um. And it's 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 awesome. The colors, the art, just like it's maximum uh, not the mad anymore, which I'll get into. Still slightly, mad. slightly <laughs> mad. So he does these splash pages with recap, and he also does these amazing astral plane sequences. And then we have Kevin Lebranda as the artist for the present day, which is also amazing. He like the way he draws all the new suits and all the new looks for all the characters after Royals. Kevin has a great way of drawing angles of faces.
2: Like, you're looking at pages of... Yeah, he uh, really creeps me out with the yeah, Maximus smiles. Maximus', and... Maximus face <laughs> yeah.
0: has these cool angles and then the way the shadows are cast upon it. Definitely, yeah. And then we have inks by Mark Deering and colors by Jose Villarubia. And this is just a beautiful story, to be honest. Royals and this issue really make me like Medusa a lot. She is amazing and she's, like, honest and she's so truthful about everything you know there's a certain sense and she doesn't give up which I love and this issue really pictured that because if you read Royals she lost her powers yeah I I think
2: one of the great things that the Inhumans books over the last couple years have done is firmly establishing how important and how great Medusa is wholly separate from Black Bolt she is really a terrific character, yeah. such a great leader, and so important to the Marvel Universe on her own. She, yeah, there's so
0: much depth to her that she kills it. But it picks up after Royals, the progenitors, they're they're coming. They want them to basically take their place.
2: I think they describe it, the progenitors are to the Inhumans as humans are to, you know, cavemen. Yes. You know, it's yeah, so they, far advanced saying. and so different that it... it There's nothing that the Inhumans could... They can't fight them on a physical level. Right. Which spins into what this book really
0: gets into, which is the heady stuff. Because they've seen the future before, and they're like, we don't win this fight. So, like, but now that we have basically a cheat code, because we know how to, let's do it. So, like, we have to fight them in the astral plane. Our wills are are stronger than them because they can't compute, basically. (laughs) They don't understand. So they think they have a little more time, but they don't. The progenitors, they show up, and they're like, all right, reader, you have to send one of us to the astral plane the strongest one out of all of us and they send medusa and i love it because as soon as she like realizes that she was the one that they sent she was like not me like i'm not strong i have no powers and all this and i think it's so beautiful that all of a sudden there's a psychic link once she's on the astral plane with a uh, black bull and he just comes to the rescue. And it's like the coolest page where he just like bursts through a statue of himself, basically. I want to do that. I want to burst through a statue of myself in somebody's mind. And he just like, yeah, it happens. And Like it happens so quick. And he just takes out the threat like yeah. extremely quick. He just like rips it in half. And it's just like, holy crap. And then you get into some really, I don't want to say sad. No, I mean, it's, it, it's a little sad, but it's very touching. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a bond and understanding between a ex wife, I guess, an ex husband now, and a king and a queen. And you start they start talking about how Gorgon died and you realize that Medusa actually loved him. Should you
2: should have been reading Royals, son. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how about that? I know. Well that's the thing. Now I really want to go back and read it because it happened in the end of Royals and I guess all this came to light and I missed it. And hey, I'm oop. sorry. <laughs> it was wonderful stuff. It, like you had Gorgon and Medusa and they were
2: both going through some stuff and they were there for each other and the way they talk about Gorgon in here is so it's beautiful
0: yeah and the way she explains it we, we were friends since like we were children I could depend on him for everything I could be in his arms and like you know I feel him breathe I feel comfortable and it's so sweet and you see the look on Black Bolt's face like he's sad but he also understands and he, like, he's not judging and he, he's like I can't get upset at her he's like they had their problems you know and he, they both came to understand that it's judgment day, but he's not, there's no judgment from him. <laughs> Thank you, Tucker. <laughs> Redeemed. Thank you. Yeah, for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> um, so much happened in all of that. And then you get to the next page and basically I guess they defeated them. Yeah, she, yeah, the power of
2: love defeated yeah. the progenitors. progenitors yeah. It's like, the
3: power of love. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tucker's getting back on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil that last page, but the yeah, last page did make me yell out on my couch, yes, yeah, <laughs> was so excited, so happy. It was
0: so freaking
2: cool. Uh, Tucker and I were talking a little bit on the pull list about what Al does, mm-hmm. the way he writes, and there's a lyricism and sort of like this poetic quality to the way Al writes The Inhumans. And, and those large, huge-scale characters and cosmic things. And, uh, yeah, this was terrific. If you've not read the Inhuman stuff recently, do not worry. You can catch up all on this issue, and it will make you want to go back and read all the Royals yep. and all the
0: Black Bolt stuff you've I have missed. to finish it now. Yeah. I have to.
3: My pick is Marvel 2-in-1. It's The Thing and The Human Torch. This is the fate of the four. This is the second part. Uh, it's written by Chip Zdarsky, pencils by Jim Chung, inks by John Dell with Walden Wong and Jim Chung, and colors by Frank Martin. Every single page of this book blows my mind with Jim Chung art. It's so gorgeous. The colors by Frank Martin are incredible. There's something about it that just evokes this, this kind of nostalgia. This It's just tinted in a way that is really cinematic it just evokes the history at stake here and and what is being discussed um we start the issue with the thing and alicia and sue and them being gone and this series has been as much about the absence of reed and sue as it is the presence of johnny and ben because you know, despite the fact that they're not here, they are such central figures to everything they're doing, not just to where Johnny and Ben are going, but to what they're feeling the entire way through. And you really feel that history all the way through. It's, it's so fun to read because chip as the writer of Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, he wrote Howard, the duck, he wrote a great star Lord series. We know that he is an insanely funny guy. We know he can do that as well as anyone but he really can pull the heartstrings and we see that in his his Peter Parker series at times we're, and we're really seeing it here
2: the more i think about it i don't think is like one of the greatest comic book characters mm-hmm. without question you know yeah. the the layers he's he's there's so many things going on you've got the sadness at the core of who he is the the hope the heart the love, the strength, the the mm-hmm. friendship. Mm-hmm. I, I love the friendship bits in here. You haven't gotten to it yet. But yeah. there's the the flashback stuff yeah. between oh, him and Reed. It's I, Chip writes a fantastic
3: yeah. Ben Grimm. So good, I, and it's so complex. There's so much history there. You know, as with so many stories that we talk about week in week out, it's not just like. This is a good guy who wants to do the good guy thing. And this is the bad guy who wants to do the bad guy thing. There's so much more to it. There's so much emotion. There's so much pain. There's conflict in every single panel. It just makes for such a rich read.
2: Uh, We have the other main character here is Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that Chip Zdarsky gets to the core of the Human Torch because... Torch says he doesn't need to shower or brush his teeth because he burns all the germs away. That, to me, is the greatest superpower. Ever, yeah. How do you feel as a someone who is not oh, a fan man. of germs?
3: Okay, well, it was mentioned briefly on the poll list. I was in a gross and dirty place this weekend that took two showers for me to actually feel clean from. Wow. Uh, yes, the gross and dirty place was
2: a hospital. That's right. Alex. Oh That's right.
3: my. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't even know if lighting myself on fire would make me clean after such an experience. But nonetheless, I am envious of Johnny and. Basically what's going on in this story, Johnny and the Thing, they, they've they been led to believe this object that Reed left for them in the event that he dies or disappears. There's kind of a, a fail-safe plan that he's left for Ben and Johnny, and they're in search of it. And it's apparently it can be found at the place of their first adventure together and that's kind of the key to this whole issue so
2: Ben's like oh well our first adventure was with the Mole Man Mm. so they go to Monster Island to confront the Mole Man. Johnny and Ben roll in on an argument between Gugam and the Mole Man over who should be the leader of Monster (laughs) Island and Subterranea and they're essentially having an election and an argument. Yeah, it's like democracy for a bit. (laughs) Yeah, it is really funny stuff and basically they're like, okay, whoever has their followers beat the thing in Human Torch gets to be the president Uh of of Subterranea. It's hilarious. I, for one, would be voting for Gugam, boys.
0: I go Googam. I'll be a dissenting voice. The mole man just rubs me the wrong way. No, no, something about him. Googam wins. We need a t-shirt that's just like Googam 2018.
3: Uh, As they're having that argument, Victor Von Doom shows up, and he just blasts everyone and says this awesome line. He just comes in and says, democracy is overrated.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) so cool. Which is great because it's funny, but it also hits at –
0: Von Doom's entire legacy and all this stuff and then he gets to be president I love how (laughs) that's followed up with all the mantras like Metal Man is the winner
2: (laughs) It's so good (laughs) I hope like I 100% hope that's followed up on we get more of
0: Victor Von Doom as Lord of the Monsters and I hope they keep calling him Metal Man yeah yes (laughs) President Metal Man
3: uh then we jump back to kind of this flashback that is again the art is so gorgeous we I, kind of get this different shade to it and it, we can see that we're in a different time and place.
2: Yeah, you got to give huge credit to Frank Martin on this as yeah. well. The colorist who you know changes the hues gives you a different tone, a different flavor. That that's one of the amazing things about a great colorist can evoke a different emotion by the shades that they use, by the, their techniques, the different things that they employ. It's bonkers. It's so good.
3: It goes back to the early days of Ben and Reed and Victor's relationship, and this takes place in 1998. So that's a huge thing right there
2: that is put into here is the the sliding time of comics. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, you think back in the 60s, it was all about the Fantastic Four, the space race, and, and all these things, and they were trying to get to space, and now it's, you know, this is pre their first flight, first adventure as the Fantastic Four, where this flashback is set, and that's 1998.
3: Basically, it tells the story of how Ben and Reed went and stole this trophy, kind of defaced it
0: a little <laughs> bit, so
3: that it's, instead so, of saying...
0: This was my favorite part of the whole book. Yeah. One, it was because it's that classic Zdarsky, like humor. Yeah. And two, he uses it to also paint the foils between Ben and Reed. And the foil, like, why they're best friends and how they're so different. Because it's such mm-hmm. a... It's a simpleton prank. (laughs) You know what I mean? I kind of want to ruin it, but I kind of want to ruin it. They, all right, they basically changed the name on the Trophy to Victor Von Doof. (laughs) Yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs) It's so good though. And it was
0: like perfect. I saw that and I instantly started cracking up and my girlfriend was like, what are you cracking up at? And I was like, oh, just something silly. (laughs) And how angry it makes Von Doof, which it would. It Uh, would.
2: I use the phrase in the pull Reed is such a milksop to me. He's this like, A character I never connect to, but Chip connects me to him through Ben. Mm -hmm. I feel that friendship. I feel that there's a a love and a connection between the two of them. You know, I liked Reed more because of what you find out about how he loved that prank so much. And he was connected to that and his friendship with Ben. And there was always something there like you have your friend and, you know, your friend's friend, and you don't really like your friend's friend at first, right. but you get connected to your friend's <laughs> friend because of how much their friendship means to them. Mm. And then it all becomes a great big party.
3: Yeah. Ben Grimm is the kind of the bearing straits between North America, Ryan, oh. and Eastern Asia. Look at all books smarts Richards. over here. He's it's, it's, it's a land bridge. Uh, and he is a land bridge because he is made of <laughs> rocks. Uh, it all ties together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very
2: exciting. Great issue. Also, a great issue. I took another pick this week. It's Thanos number 15, written by Devious Donny Cates. Art by Jeff Shaw, colors by Antonio Favela. And it's this it's this book. This book. We're ugh. all
0: just shaking our heads. Yeah. It's so good. We, we, uh, we wanted to talk about this earlier, and Ryan stopped us. He was like, let's save it for the podcast. Yeah. We all have words to say about yeah. this book. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the, the art is so phenomenal. I. We talk about Donnie and and how much we love him and uh, genuinely adore him. I've eaten barbecue multiple times with him in Austin. And he's a fantastic young man. Jeff Shaw and Antonio Fabella, such incredible art. There's something about it. it, I will often use Lord of the Rings references, especially the the films, as frames for the way I I picture things and I think Mm -hmm. about things. And there's pieces in here that... I think about scale and scope. And so, you know, like when the Balrog, Balrog first shows up in Fellowship in the film and the scenes before where they're in the halls, mm-hmm. you get the sense mm-hmm. of how tall everything was and right, how right. long it was. That's sort of the way my mind starts thinking about this book and the halls of King Thanos's yeah. palace Ooh, yeah. and the the spaces that they occupy and what is all around them. Yeah. It's done in such a way that feels big yeah, and yeah. feels important. Also it feels lonely and well, it's, you know, like deadly. It, yeah, it's like desolate. You know? yeah, yeah. There's like nothing around it. <laughs> uh, but the book opens up essentially with a discussion of what Ghost Rider is and you know, oh the penance stare. And, Penn and Stare in the nineties when Ghost Rider was was the hot thing with the leather jacket and the spikes mm-hmm. and and uh, mm-hmm. Danny Ketch and which fantastic stuff. Great. I love it. But the penance stare was this really scary thing. Yep. At least that was when I first connected to it, that shows you all the awful things in your life and just breaks you. Mm-hmm. And you, the book opens with our Thanos, not old King Thanos, but our Thanos holding yeah. Ghost Rider's head and then just enjoying a penance stare. Yeah, a just, Shakespearean little yeah, image. There. Yeah, it is. It's He's just
0: holding the skull, staring into it. And I like how they go through all of it, too. They're like, it's supposed to be so terrible. He's just like, but I love it. (laughs) He literally says, beautiful. (laughs) Uh, it's
2: It's like getting to relive his greatest hits. And it's so twisted. It's messed up. Anyway, we get... Actually, in here is a big deal because this is the revelation of Cosmic Ghost Rider, who the character is. I was on the couch reading it, and I hit the page where you get introduced to... The identity of this character, the the lead up to that is Ghost Rider is, says, come with me. You want me to? We're going to go feed the dog. Let's chit chat. They, they have this little conversation. It's great stuff. We're introduced to who the dog is, Ugh, which crazy. is awful. That isn't even the biggest moment of this, which nope. it could be. Yeah. The hint is there on the cover. You see the Hulk in chains
0: uh-huh. on all fours. And he's like broken, which is he's like the sad part. Devastated. Yeah. Like Thanos comes up to him and he Hulk is like, kill, kill, Hulk. Oh, kill Hulk. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. essentially, right, right. Please kill me, right. And he's and, like, oh. he's waiting and he's just like, nah. yeah. like, like oh, it's like, holy, who, how can you break Hulk? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> uh, but you get the
2: sense that Cosmic Ghost Rider has been through hell, then millions of years with King Thanos. Thanos yep. He is not the person that he originally was. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it too much. But the revelation here it's
0: it's, it's huge yeah.
2: made me push the comic and my face together <laughs> like it was like a, a just a, an automatic reaction I slammed into yeah. the comic book
0: my wife goes must be good if you just smash <laughs> the comic book in your face uh, it is so my reaction was disbelief and I had to go back, and I thought I missed a page. Like I thought, like one stuck together, and I was like, "Oh no, they're just talking about something else." And I had reread it twice, and I was like, "Oh no, that's real." <laughs> yeah. And then
2: I, I was looking at the character's design; it like fits so mm-hmm. perfectly. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like look at the way the armor is. Yeah. And, but it's fantastic. After that, we find out why King Thanos has brought our Thanos into the future and this great moment of there's a threat coming that is so huge and the last page reveal so cool. This is just like Wild. hit after hit so, after yeah. hit. Part of it is the fun of what they can get away with because they're playing outside the normal box and they're doing all yeah. kinds of fun stuff. It is beautiful it is dark, it's funny, it's weird, it's
0: crazy I highly suggest you read that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aside from like the Cosmic Ghost Rider reveal and the dog Hulk I really love the parts where like our Thanos is just like I can't believe you're like this old man you're such a fool and like King Thanos is like shut up you have no idea what you're talking (laughs) about (laughs) and then the part where he's like I can't believe you're still like swooning over death and he's like have you ever really gotten over? He's like, how naive you've been. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and it's just like the best. He's like, no one ever puts Thanos in his place, but Thanos. Right, right. <laughs> the, the dynamic
3: that, that he's established there between those two characters is, is just, it's so unique. It's so cool. At one point, King Thanos is in this temple that is kind of in honor of death. And our Thanos comes in and is just like, you know, he's angry and he's like yelling and stuff being his normal kind of just disrespectful self and King Thanos just hates the idea that he's disrespecting this space that he threatens to kill yeah. himself in the past he says I'll kill us both that's that's what we're dealing with here that's how much you need to shut up right now yeah. <laughs>
2: step down kid yeah. it's so good love it a ton so good alright time for news Woo-woo. news news first up, we announced this a couple months ago, but I got a little bit more information, some new art for Marvel Superhero Adventures. It's coming in April, written by Jim McCann, art by Dario Bruzuela. It's a new five issue all ages series with Spider-Man teaming up with another hero like Black Panther or Doctor Strange or Ms. Marvel. I think a question that I get a lot from fans is, hey, I have a small child or, you know, someone I want to introduce comics to. What's something good? And this is going to be right up your alley. It's going to be great for young kids, something to introduce them to your favorite superheroes.
0: And if you're looking for something to fill the void, uh, there's actually episodes of Marvel Superhero Adventures on Marvel HQ, youtube.com slash Marvel HQ. And that's where the comic is based off of.
3: Nice. Another big piece of news that dropped last Friday was some great details about the hunt for Wolverine. That's right. The dude is back. Yeah. So it's written by Charles Soule, art by David Marquez. The cover for issue number one is by Steve McNiven, which comes out in April. It's a 40-page issue, and it kind of starts to unravel the mystery of how Logan comes back. And then in May, after this first issue, the story evolves into four different tales from there, from different creative teams, each one with its own distinct genre and mystery that it's kind of uh, exploring. There's an action-adventure one that's called Adamantium Agenda. There's a horror one called Claws of the Killer. There's a dark romance one called Mystery in Madripoor. And there's a noir detective story called Weapon Lost. I'm so excited to see how this comes to life. We also just
2: got word that Jim Zub and Sean Zaxi they're taking over champions with issue number 19. There's going to be new team members, new adventures, new surprises. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm looking at my phone because I also got a bunch of new hot beats. Is that what we call news? Hot beats coming from publishing issue number 599 of Iron Man. Tony's back.
1: I'm not going to do that that, that Eminem
2: song. Thank you. Thanos annual number one, we're going to have Donny Cates being joined by Kieran Gillen, Al Ewing, Ryan North, Christopher Hastings, and Katie Cook. Oh. And Jeff Shaw joined by Katie Cook and Fraser Irving for a... a- Book that's narrated by Cosmic Ghost Rider. Oh, Whoa!
0: So so that, cool. that is that is fresh off the press, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah. Is,
2: It's very exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Everybody who's been reading Thanos, I'm sure you will as well. So we've got some updates for Marvel Rising. You know, we have the Marvel Rising Secret Warriors feature length animated film coming, but this April, just ahead of Free Comic Book Day, we're going to have the first meeting of Doreen Green and Kamala Khan in a story by Devin Grayson, uh, which. I'm very excited for Devin to have more work here. She just did the Power Pack story. She's done a lot of stuff for us uh, with art by Marco Faia, who worked on Ms. Marvel. Uh, You're going to have unbeatable squirrel girl volunteering as a head counselor for an extracurricular computer programming camp and she finds out her junior counselor is not who she appears to be got aim in it camping secret identities all kinds of fun stuff retailers will get free copies of marvel rising number zero that'll kick off a four issue limited series all new story that officially begins in june with marvel rising alpha number one so check out that pretty
0: cool very cool on the game's news, we got uh, Ghost Rider Robbie Reyes lands in Marvel Puzzle Quest. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, he will be available, so uh, add another hothead to your roster. In Marvel's Avengers Academy news, the return of A-Force event continues. You can face off against Proxima Midnight, the game's newest boss, and there's some new characters up for grabs like Newscaster Supreme, Chitauri Soldier, and you could keep trying for Asgard's assassin costume for Angela.
3: In Marvel Future Fight, just a reminder that the original character, Korean pop star, turned superhero Luna Snow, drops into the game and will be available on this past Wednesday after this episode or before this episode comes out. So go out and check her out on Which Ma- means she's
2: available now. Available yeah.
3: now. That would be a way more concise and better way to say that. You know what? <laughs> Words. Comes out on Wednesday. That happened before anyway. Uh... <laughs> so there's
2: a update for Marvel Contest Champions. Michael B. Jordan, who plays Eric Killmonger in Marvel Studios Black Panther, similar to some programs that the team has done for previous film and TV launches. That they did one, a cool one with Dave Bautista uh, oh, right. for Guardians. They've worked with Michael B. Jordan. He has his team of champions ready to challenge you. You got to go in. You got to play. See, can you defeat his team? Find out. You get some cool rewards. It'll be great. On the TV front, Joanne Wally will join this third season of Marvel's Daredevil in an undisclosed role who will have an enormous impact on Matt Murdock's life. The first two seasons of Marvel's Daredevil are now streaming on Netflix. Get ready for the
0: 3rd and we got a uh, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger will debut for two hour premiere on Thursday, June seventh at eight p.m. Pacific and Eastern time. It's only on Freeform, and uh, we, if you go to marvel.com, we actually have a sneak peek at the first episode. Say what? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Check it out. Watch June seventh.
2: Don't go to school or work. <laughs> uh, don't sh- don't shower.
0: Yeah. Uh, just, don't do anything. Just but sit at watch- home until. Eight at night,
1: yeah. watch <laughs> Marvel's
0: Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, this Friday we have a new episode of Marvel's Agents of Shield. Mac, Yo-Yo, and Flint fight to keep everyone alive by starting a revolution against the Kree.
2: I love that Flint is in the show. He's, it makes me so happy.
3: In movie news, Disney Movie Rewards is running a sweepstakes where you can enter for a chance to win a private screening of Black Panther for you and up to a hundred of your best and closest friends, or just one hundred people, yeah. or, or just hundred people.
0: Say, I don't know if I give you preferably a hundred people. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Alex. Uh,
3: You can enter the Disney Movie Rewards Sweet Stakes up until February 9th. Go check it out. We have some cool news for Marvel Day at Sea.
2: In 2019, we're going to have more dates for... Uh, Marvel Day at Sea on the Disney Cruise Line. Sailings will begin in January and sail through March of 2019. Uh, Marvel Day at Sea, if you don't know, combines the thrills of renowned Marvel comics, films, and animated series with the excitement of a Disney cruise to summon everyone's inner superhero for adventures that lie ahead during this unforgettable day at sea. I really want to go. I want to be on a boat. Uh, Have you uh, been on
0: any of them at all? No. Oh, I really wow. wow.
2: Also, on Disney Park side of things, the cute uh, little vilu uh, vilu little creatures that you would have seen in Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 they're on planet Bearheart Uh they're being added to Tivan's collection in Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at uh, Disney California Adventure so more things being added to Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout means it's like, ever-evolving. It's pretty That's neat. pretty cool. Yeah,
3: it's awesome. Yeah.
2: I saw something pop up on my Twitter feed this morning, Alex, mm-hmm. and on the Facebook. What are those cute little battle polls?
0: Yeah, so today uh, we actually launched Marvel Pixel Battle on the our Marvel social channels, and they're basically just, you know, they're cute little battles. Uh, we pick two characters to fight against each other, and we let the fans vote. And they're like 16-bit style There's, animated yep. sprites, like yeah. video game sprites. Yeah, like old-school video games, 16-bit style. Think about that. They're... Uh, We're doing, like, classic costumes, you know, just because we like the 16-bit style, like it's old school. Um, We are going to do one every month, every month. And you have a week to vote, so by the time this comes out, you'll have a day left. We post them on Mondays, and we're actually going to post the winning battle on Friday. And you guys decide who the winner is. We don't decide. You decide. First up is Wolverine versus versus Elektra. Yeah, and uh, Ryan and I had an argument about the winner of this battle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I voted with... You
2: know, logic. Wow. (laughs) Wow.
0: Okay. Hey,
3: everybody. Tucker here with some late breaking news. This is coming in hot off the presses after we recorded the episode. And we wanted to give you some new news. That's News Squared coming in from Marvel HQ. Here's some news we have about Marvel Unlimited. If you have an iPhone or an iPad, you can sign up for the service. For Marvel Unlimited using your Apple ID now. This is a brand new launch, it's really awesome. To celebrate the the launch of this feature, you can get a free 7-day trial for Marvel Unlimited if you sign up in the app right now. And then if you want to keep reading, you can go on your computer or on your Android device, you can link your Apple ID to a marvel.com account. This is all new crazy technological stuff that's happening and you can download Marvel Unlimited from the App Store right now and Okay, we have a new tagline for it. It's never stop reading comics. And this is really exciting. In other publishing news, it was just announced this week, the 2018 Young Guns inductees. Essentially, what that means is it's the best and brightest upcoming artists in the industry today. And there were six inductees this year that were were listed. And that includes Pepe Laraz, whose work we've been going crazy over on Avengers No Surrender. That's Javier Garron, who works on Secret Warriors. That's Marco Coquetto, who is just blowing our minds on Old Man Hawkeye. Aaron Cooter, who's worked on Guardians of the Galaxy and now he's working on Infinity Countdown. Mike Del Mundo, of course, the name speaks for itself. And Russell Dowderman, who we absolutely love Part of the, as I like to call it, the 92 Dream Team of Comics Creators over on the Mighty Thor. So congrats to those artists. Elsewhere in the world of all-new Wolverine, this is huge news. Tom Taylor and Ramon Rosanis' series is taking a huge leap into the future this April with Old Woman Laura. That's right. X-23 is jumping into this kind of strange utopia world uh, where she is the leader of this new kind of society. There's so much going on, but again, Old Woman Laura is coming uh, in the next couple of months. Go check out marvel.com slash comics for more info. And elsewhere in the mutant world in X-Men Blue by Cullen Bunn and Jorge Molina. There's a brand new lineup of X-Men in the Blue series. This kicks off with issue number 25 and then RB Silva comes back on the art for number 26. But basically the X-Men Blue take on the White Queen, Havoc, Bastion, and Miss Sinister with this all new lineup. It's going to be so cool. Again, check out marvel.com for more deets. And let's go back to the show. Time for our interview. We've got
2: Avengers No Surrender co-writer Jim Zub on. He came in from Toronto for like a 30-hour trip. He came <laughs> for a signing uh, a couple weeks ago. I was in here, really short period of time. He was gracious enough to literally get off the plane, go through customs, get in a cab, come directly to the office so we could record with him uh, the one late afternoon. And it was he was great. We talked about more than just Avengers No Surrender. We really dug into his career and get into some things. So for the full piece, which is six hours long. Uh, no, it's probably 45, 30 minutes, something like that. We're going to release that as well. Uh, so it'll be on your feed. You can listen to the whole thing. It's great. So listen to this interview with Mr. Jim Zub. Jim, how You, Hello. you oh. like, literally came to this country... Uh, an hour ago? Mere moments ago. Yeah. Yeah. Sped on a cab all your way right here to Marvel headquarters. Thanks I for did. joining us. I had to. Yeah. Well, it, you you were like, hey, we're gonna have a signing and like a, a good time, you wanna come hang out? I was like, Why aren't you coming by the office That's to right. see
1: us and be on the show? That's uh honestly more important to me than anything else. Good. Yeah. As as well it should be. Of course. Yeah.
2: So I was thinking about this since we we were talking the other day.
1: I how did we
2: even start knowing each other? Because it's been years before you right. were really doing a lot of some regular work for us. Was I still at Udon at that point? That's what it probably was. Mm-hmm. What were you doing at
1: Udon? So I started, at, well, my career at Udon is very strange, like nine years. I started at Udon as a colorist and then eventually an illustrator and then eventually a project manager and an editor. So I just sort of moved through all these, just clawing my way through the company <laughs> piece by piece until I made myself irreplaceable so they couldn't get rid of me. Just sort of. Clinging to the to the side of it like a barnacle.
2: I'm fa- I'm familiar with that role <laughs> and with that
1: trajectory. It's good, you yeah. know. But it, what what was amazing about it was is first of all I got to see so much of kind of underneath the hood of what happens in publishing. Mm. So in terms of editorial and pre press and conventions and event planning and just all that stuff that honestly has served me really well. I know that doesn't sound very sexy or whatever when people talk about oh, the business side of whatever but really in a creative career it can be super valuable to have those experiences and to know what's happening in other parts of a company so you can do your job better. Actually though that is so smart and so important to
2: think about for anyone who wants to get into the industry and comics in any way is like yeah great yeah. you want to you're a fan you're excited but to understand that this is a business and there yeah. are so many different aspects to it and how to, to divorce yourself from your fanness and understand how to get stuff done
1: properly. Right. And also, you know, sort of breaking that assumption that if you're not entering in a, on a creative front that you're not ever going to. You know what I mean? Like... It's totally a good idea to come in, whether it's as an intern or to, you know, help out in an office or to work on a more kind of administrative level, because those are the ways that you get to know how a company functions. Those are the ways that you build up trust with the people that make those decisions, the hiring and all that kind of stuff. There are a ton of uh, Marvel freelancers, whether it's people like Dan Slott. Uh, Donnie you know, Cates. Donnie Cates. Um, uh, wasn't Peter David like a sales guy? Way back in so. the day, uh, I think yeah, uh,
2: um, uh, Fabian Nicieza, yeah. He
1: worked in in the office. Yeah, and you learn how all this stuff functions. Like you get to see kind of the broader community, and and I think that that stuff's really valuable as well when you open yourself up to those kinds of experiences and you say, okay, this is the entire pipeline. Where do I fit into it? And what do other people do? You know, one of the most valuable things that I can do as a freelancer is to know what your job is and make your job easier. So you want to keep working with me.
2: Yes. And yeah. you're doing that because you know how to talk on the, in a microphone. That's and you're right. You're like making this an easy
1: experience. You're so good. Oh, thanks. That's yeah. very kind of you. Uh, oh, very cool.
2: So, all right, you made yourself indispensable to Udon, but then at what point did you like, I need to break out and do my own thing?
1: Well, my background is in art and animation. Mm-hmm. So I was actually uh, working in classical animation. I did background art for a while. A I much. did some storyboarding and stuff like that. It's all in like little Canadian productions. Oh, little Canadian productions. <laughs> Just <laughs> a little quaint kind of smile as I said that. Uh, and then, um, you know, but my love of this stuff has always been storytelling, mm-hmm. whether that's like my love of, of playing Dungeons and Dragons or my love of, you know, reading and, and film and animation and comics. It's all about storytelling. And so I had done so much administrative stuff and I had worked on project managing for so many other people's properties and they taught me a ton. But like underneath that, there was this like kind of, boiling need to want to tell my own stories and so I started doing that at the same time I uh, started doing like a, I did a webcomic in 2001 when that was not even really a thing um, and I met a bunch of people through that uh, even at Udon I started to try and get more involved in the creative aspect of it or the writing aspect of it and uh, through you know good fortune and and just sheer tenacity you know it slowly got more and more chances to do writing Um, What was your
2: first writing gig?
1: Like that I got paid for? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Uh, No, no, uh, that that always
2: throws me for a loop because, like, thinking about that, you know, some people just will just write and not get paid for it. Yeah, because I,
1: you know, people are so desperate for early like credits at the earliest parts of their career, they'll throw themselves at any opportunity. Uh, Yeah, yeah,
2: And, and I understand it, but at the same time, like. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I know. It sucks. And it,
1: and it's and it's tough because I think as long as, you know, if you're doing your own work, if you're creating your own thing, make those sacrifices every time. Like if I have an ownership stake, if you want to get all business-like and I'm making stuff uh, for myself that I control, then yeah, you're going to spend more time. If you actually calculated out the money earned versus time spent, <laughs> it would depress you, but it's not oh, about yeah. that. It's really about making your mark and telling the stories you want to tell and controlling them, you know, but once you start doing commercial work for other people, once you start writing professionally, if you want to call it that, you know, um, then that, that has a value mm-hmm. and that value, you know, deserves to be compensated and all that kind of stuff. Totally. This so, is totally not the conversation I thought we were going to have this morning. Right. I'm going to throw you out. So I'm going <laughs> to throw people for a loop. But then I think the first like professional writing thing, I did this, um, Udon, uh, for people who don't know, is a studio, an art studio. And they're also a publisher now, but at the time they were exclusively a studio doing what's called creative services, which is like artwork for clients, um, uh, design work, uh, sometimes graphic design, things like that. And they did a lot of work for Marvel in their early days. Very obviously. manga
2: and anime-inspired yeah. work. Yeah,
1: and uh, a lot of the the gang were heavily inspired by you know uh, Capcom video game artwork and anime uh, as a whole. And that really lent itself well to those early books they did, like Deadpool, Agent X, uh, Sentinel, and things like that. that. That was a long time ago. Oh gosh. Yeah, so it's crazy. Ago. But uh, equally, uh, the studio was doing a lot of work for other people, and they would do promotional artwork. Um, and so what happened was we had a client come in, and they wanted to do a promotional comic for the, um, the remake of Clash of the Titans. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so sure. they were like, well, you guys are a one stop shop. That's what we heard. You do everything. You guys put together these promotional materials and the art and the writing and the lettering. And we were like, yes, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> and so um, I wrote the script for this little, you know, they gave me the movie stuff and I adapted a sort of a little prequel kind of a story for them uh, and, and wrote the script and kept, you know, sort of sweating like they're gonna know. They're gonna instantly look at it, and they're gonna know that this guy's never done this before. But that you know, it wasn't like that. It was really straightforward kind of story, and it just took some kind of cool Greek myth stuff, and and we made this great little promo comic, and it worked out quite well. Yeah. Even just that little thing kind of got me like, oh yeah, I can I can write these stories. I can do this stuff. And over the course of the next uh, couple of years, I would jump in on little writing projects. I would do. I did a mini-series for Street Fighter. Uh, with the unon gang, um, I did another uh, mini series for an RPG series comic called exalted um, Wow, this is really it 's like i 'm rolling it back in my mind, trying to remember all these little things lots of little promotional stuff, advertising stuff, even some of the first marvel gigs I did for Bill Roseman they were very much in that creative services sort of model yeah uh, you know so I these advertising comics that you 'll see I know it doesn 't sound again very sexy, but it 's like it 's a really good way to get get your feet wet and understand how this yeah. stuff works.
2: Yeah, our custom group, which is, you know, that that's the yeah. team that puts us together. They do so many things that, you know, a fan going to the comic book shop m- don't see normally. Sure. You know, we have books in military bases, mm-hmm. you know. We have books for uh, video games that we don't own that, you know, like, hey, similar to what you were talking about with Rudon, right. they'll come to us, we'll put together a project, you know, an M&M's comic or yeah. who who knows? A and and I know, things. again,
1: you're looking at it and you go, well, that's not the real stuff. You go, actually, it, it, first of all, it pays. And second of all, it's a really good way to get your foot in the door and to prove what you can do. You know, um, Dan Slott jokes the first time he ever wrote Spider Man was in a guest spot in a Ren and Stimpy comic that Marvel did. You know what I mean? Like you, you're learning how to put the voices to the characters, you're learning pacing. Uh, I did a, a stint on the Ultimate Spider Man comic, but it's with the cartoon. So it was tied into the Web Warriors mm-hmm. cartoon series. And so um, there's a company in Europe and the UK, and they publish this thing called Spider-Man Magazine, and it comes out every month, and it's got like um, mazes and games for kids, and it's usually got a 10-page comic story in there. And I wrote 20 issues of Spider-Man, you know, and I got to use any character that showed up in the cartoon. And I mean, that show ran the gamut. So I literally had, you know, Avengers guest starring. I had an issue with blade in it. I had an issue with werewolf by night. I had, uh, like, How fun is that? Like it was—it was, a, it was a, a phenomenal experience. And one of the things that w- the the format of it was these ten-page stories with like a one-page sort of stinger. So it's sort of eleven pages, but you only have ten pages of plot, and you have to do a complete Spider-Man story. You have to introduce a threat, you have to make it interesting, make it visual, and then finish it up in ten pages. You know, basically half the size of a normal monthly Marvel comic. And being able to do that, like, I learned every panel is precious. Like, I need to make every page pay off, every little plot work. They were these tight little stories that had to – there was no fat on them whatsoever. And it was a really good exercise. Like, I got to um, put all these different characters into the comic. You know, I got to write Thor and I got to write Captain America and, uh, you know, all these different characters with Spidey. Uh, But at the same time, I also learned how to just fine tune those little plot elements and pack in a story as tightly as I could. And Bill is a phenomenal editor to work with. We did the Figment series for the Disney Kingdoms line and stuff like that. And he was always, you know, really enthusiastic and really uh, sharp in his feedback and just got me to a point where I was really fine tuning stuff. And when he uh, left, he got a promotion and he now heads up Marvel Games, Uh, he Gave me the best gift of all, and he basically told other editors in the you know, at Marvel, "Hey, this guy's delivering the goods. Uh, give him a shot." And uh, Tom Brevoort, uh, you know, kind of brought me in under his wing, and I've been doing Avengers stuff ever since.
2: Now would be the time for questions and comments, but we're recording this super early. Yeah.
3: But people have been have been giving us great feedback on the future of this week in Marvel, the future of the poll list. Definitely keep giving that feedback in; it's really useful moving forward
2: yes we want more of that uh, we're going to start doing this question of the week I uh, picked this first one but I would love for any of you listening got a question of the week we want to ask the rest of the TWIM community send it to us give us your suggestions for question of the week but the first one I've got is uh, we've got the revelation of who Cosmic Ghostwriter is in Thanos and you've got Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider coming to Marvel Puzzle Quest who is your favorite Ghostwriter? Tweet us using hashtag This Week in Marvel, let us know. Or you could post a reply to uh, the, the new story on Facebook or make a comment on SoundCloud or on Twitter. Let us know. We'll check those out, pull them in for next week's episode. Your favorite ghostwriter. And we'll be back with another episode soon. soon. This is Marvel, your universe.